What is up, guys? You're tuning into this Okiru podcast. I'm your co-host Jasper, and we thank you so much for spending this time with us. We hope you enjoy this episode. Make sure to follow us on our socials at Okiru on Instagram, Okiru on Facebook, Okiru on YouTube, and also Okiru on major platforms such as Spotify and Apple Music. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. We hope you enjoy. Okiru. Chef Red, what have you got for us today? So today we're going to have food. That's it. Right. <laughs> oh, uh, no shit. <laughs> no shit. Exactly. Uh, so we'll have sinigang. We'll have mm. vegetable sinigang for soup. And then we'll have uh, crispy pork beagle express. Wow. wow. So I'm Bicol going to pour this in. Yeah, it's not going to be spicy. Don't worry. <laughs> I don't know how much heat you guys can handle. So I, I was mindful of that. Until now. <laughs> I'll make sure I put in extra jalapenos in there. We don't even use jalapenos, yeah. but I will. At this point, pass it on to you. Thank you, sir. What, so what is Bicol Express? Yeah, I'm not. So Bicol Express is one of those dishes from Bicol, which is like um, pork base um, cooked in bagoong, coconut, ginger, onion, garlic. Basically like a stew. Mm. And... That's one of those dishes we're quite familiar with growing up. Mm. And just well known. People actually have different recreations of it from every single country now, which is really cool. Um, except for the bagoong bit. Because some people will opt out the bagoong because mm. not everybody likes bagoong, apparently. Mm. Quite taste, maybe. What is bagoong? Yeah. Bagoong is shrimp paste. Shrimp paste. Oh, but the thing is, like, um, our, our shrimp paste is actually not as bad as the Vietnamese one. Right. The Vietnamese one is kind of funky, maybe a little bit more funky. Yeah. They're more they're more pungent than um than anything else. Because I remember getting them from the shop and like, oh, there's like shrimp paste. Then I realized if you're getting shrimp paste, you need to get the sautéed one. Mm-hmm. So if it's a sautéed one, it's close to what we have back right. home. So is the one that you're talking about? Is it in a block format? Yeah, the one that uh, the first one that I bought from the Vietnamese shop was a block kind oh. of thing, and it was really strong. Yeah. So I was like, whoa, whoa, I don't know if I love this. <laughs> um, a little goes a long way with shrimp paste. A little That's goes a long so way. Much. Like, but the thing is, like, there's also difference as well. Like, I think when you do a fermentation of it, um, the one that you buy as a is actually quite strong because it's like more condensed. But the one that we have at home is more aromatic. Yeah. Because they're made to be that way, really. Fresh rice. <laughs> Ooh. It's like, it's, yeah. I know, sure. it's so sexy. So when I open it, you know. <laughs> Actually, guys, we're, we're sponsored by Sunbeam. Oh, Sunbeam! <laughs> Thank you so much for giving us your um, rice cooker. So yeah, this is a sponsored thing. Actually, mm. not really. Promo code. Promo, promo, pro, promo code. Promo code non-existent. <laughs> <laughs> or rice cooker. Try it. Maybe it works. <laughs> You never know. They give you different things. Chef Red also made us some delicious cocktails. Can yes. you explain these cocktails? So it's a mango colada. It's like a mango version of the pina colada. And just because I had like a blue rum, coconut blue rum and excess sorbet from my event, I'm just like, you know what? I need to get these people drunk. <laughs> I need to like make them tell me the truth. The truth. <laughs> Where are you hiding the queen? <laughs> God bless her soul. <laughs> R.I.P. 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 But yeah. 
Not gonna lie, I know. I know you guys did it. It's okay. That's why we're here. It was you guys. It was, that's why he was like, I knew it. That's like, he's having a hard time parking because he's guilty. He's still mine. I'm call the authorities right now. I'll call your tita. Hi, tita. Yung apo, yung ano mo. May ginawa. Alright, sorry. It's gonna take a little bit longer than I thought it would be, but it's okay. Ooh, you're shaping the rice as well. Shaping the rice. Wow, this is an experience. This is a dining experience. Dining experience. <laughs> so, guys, if you want to book me, I'm. <laughs> you can <laughs> just email me through Barangay. <laughs> but that's right. That's what you do, right? That's do, yeah. you want to become a caterer for yourself, right? Uh yeah. So you know, uh, with Barangay, we started just maybe doing just pop up events, really. Mm. But then. Um, it's not as sustainable as like doing something consistent. Yeah. Because when you create a brand, you want to always be like there, you know, mm. present and doing something. Yeah. So people know that you're active. Mm. Um, and I thought I wouldn't be able to do it because at first I couldn't see how the food will look like first. Mm. Um, and to me, when I can't see the vision and the taste and the smell or anything related to what I want to create, then it doesn't uh, come to life. Mm. I usually dream about things when I really want to make them. Yeah. And I think around June this year when I felt like my um my second wind is coming back. Or at least I wasn't as depressed anymore. Yeah. Uh that you know things were coming back and I said, like, okay, I can do this again. Yeah. Because I didn't want to do the Bonan Week event actually. Oh really? Because yeah. I thought it was not uh, I thought I was gonna give up on Barangay completely. Uh-huh. Just because it's so much struggle. Like yeah. to just like keep a, a pop-up restaurant or just have a restaurant in general mm-hmm. um, and how the industry is right now where we're struggling with staff yeah like good people to work with us mm-hmm. and we just keep going up that's yeah. the other thing you know yeah. it's not going down at all yeah and you just feel okay so maybe I shouldn't just do it but then I met people along the way I met you guys mm-hmm. and then I was like okay maybe it is worth doing um, the whole point was to represent our culture. Mm. So no one's doing what we were doing so far. Yeah. So I thought, you know, it's fun. It's not, um, it's not typical. And at some point we can create a storyline for us that yeah. makes sense, you know, for our generation. And I'm not from here, which is another thing. I do miss home. And that's the reason why I wanted to do Filipino stuff. Because yeah. at the end of the day, Everything comes back to our home place. Mm. The food, the environment um, comes to how we grew up. Mm, yes. And that's how, you know, you want to create something. Yeah. Mm, so people definitely. can feel connected. Exactly. Like Wi-Fi. <laughs> 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 that's right. Food does bring people together. It does. Yes. Yeah. Right. And, and sitting around this table here, we're all connected through the shared experience of this right. meal. I'm so excited. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> It has poison everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> this will be our last podcast, yeah. guys. So basically, I planned I, I just want to be the last guest. <laughs> I'm, I'm picky. I want to be the only one. Lord. But yeah, like, I think that's beautiful that you said that, right? Like, throughout your journey, you connected to some incredible people, and we're grateful that we, we are part of to be a connected with you and we, we just met you at Mercado and we did yeah. it all, all just started with a conversation right you saw our board 
you and Elliot were just there standing there and I was like approaching I approached you guys and I was like, hey, like you know, what, what do you guys think of this board and stuff like that? And we just got into a conversation yeah. and and it led to one like and basically the drinks will happen. <laughs> exactly. One drink will lead to another and then everyone's drunk. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. But I think like there was a beautiful part of that conversation where you're talking about how you want to bring that Filipino culture into to Melbourne, Australia overall. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you've been doing that with your Boanang Wika events. Mm-hmm. And for you to say just before like you were gonna give up on this, I was like, wow. Yeah. You're really gonna give up on that. But you didn't. You no. decide to overcome the struggle and continue to do it. And I think I think we think that's credible because that's why we're here, because we love to hear those stories where people wanna give up <laughs> <laughs> before they actually did. No, well, push no. through the struggle. Push through the struggle. Push the struggle. Yeah. yeah. There's beauty in that. And that's why they say if it's something you're passionate about, it's not gonna be easy. Mm, only yes. 10,000 steps ahead of you and when you're reaching the 10,000 step it will add on 20,000 more yeah mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you'll never end until you feel like you've done something or an impact to someone mm. yeah. and that's I think very important at this point yeah you know so yeah I'm making food <laughs> <laughs> how did it all start how did your love of food and especially Filipino food come to be one, I'm Filipino, yeah, so, so that's an additional thing. I, I love Filipino food, but also um, it was because of my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, everything starts with, you know, a parent really for me. Um, so my mom is a chef prior, um, prior being just like, you know, a house mom, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, I used to help her a lot in the kitchen. And to me, it was like, okay, you know, this is fun. It's like a hobby. Mm-hmm. And I grew up just joining competitions at school because we have one, Nutrition Month, which is around June, July. Um, and you have this cooking competition. And I would use my mom's recipe books mm-hmm. to like, you know, recreate some of the dishes that were there so that we could win. Because, you know, I'm yeah. competitive. Let's just do it, you know. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was like a fun thing because like I, growing up, I know that I was a little bit more creative than, um, than I thought I would be. And I wanted to be a doctor. <laughs> I mean, the usual, like, you know, wanting to be the stereotypical, like, wants of your parents, a doctor, a lawyer. But I really did want to become one. Mm-hmm. So I was like, exploring that side of things, but realizing that maybe it's not for me. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of reasons. One, I can't be a lawyer because I'm way too nice, apparently, except for the part I'm forcing you on camera. Um, and I can't be a doctor because I was scared of blood. <laughs> yeah, It's not helpful if you're scared of those things. Right. No? So I'm just like, okay, so I can't really do any of these things. Mm-hmm. And I was waiting for a time where I would feel connected to something. Mm-hmm. And because in high school in the Philippines, you would do these tours yeah. um, in colleges where you want to like, you know, maybe study. So I went to this school. Um, my mom used to go there when she was a bit younger. That's where she studied her... Um, being a chef really mm. and it was brand new they had like a brand new building brand new uh, training kitchen and stuff mm. so we had our first dining experience there too because there's a bistro yeah. that does um like four courses or like an actual restaurant and it's run by the students wow. so they're run by the students they're getting trained to actually work in the restaurant so it's an open restaurant yeah. too so everyone can walk in and then just have a meal yeah um 
So we were having the tour and at some point we went to um, the training kitchen and then there was like a demonstration going on. Mm. And then that's when <laughs> things were like shining. I don't know what it was, just like really weird, like interstellar effect. <laughs> I am home and you're just like, oh shit, this is actually something that I probably would want. Yeah. Um, yeah. And from then on, I told my mom, I want to study here. I just want to be a chef, I think. Yeah. I want to cook. Um, and I was really trying to be different from my mom because mm. my mom is very good with savory cooking. Mm. And then I ended up just, you know, maybe pursuing pastry because mm. I thought that is something that my mom is not good at. <laughs> <laughs> I might as well do something that she's not good at. Yeah. Mm. Um, I said rebellious face, really. It's like being one. I don't want to do what you're doing, mom. <laughs> yeah. I want my own identity. <laughs> but, um... So I did do some pastry work. Uh, that was the first three years of my professional career here in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and, and ever since I just thought this is cool and just creating stuff. Mm. As I said, whenever I create anything, I need to dream about it. Yeah. And I could taste it. I could I could be literally like feel how it is going to look like. And anytime I feel that way, it comes to life. Yeah. And. Mm. It's always an additional thing as well. So I'm just gonna hand it over to you guys. Wow. Pass this it on. Is beautiful. Pass it on. No worries. I was gonna do a different style of plating for this one, but I didn't have the actual mood, so. Wow. You're right. All right. I don't know about you guys, but experiencing Filipino food like this is unknown to me because when you experience Filipino food it's always like in bulk right like it's with the family and just you know get your own bowl and like serve yourself (laughs) and we're presented in like Mm. I know what what would you call this like next level (laughs) level. (laughs) (laughs) like a restaurant experience right it it is a restaurant experience so I wanted you guys to come to my household basically to also like understand the so the aesthetic that I want to go to or like how I want Filipino food to be represented here mm-hmm. at the same time as well because it's fun yeah <laughs> I, have, I have nothing else to do on a Sunday that's a lie <laughs> I need to recover on a Sunday <laughs> but you know we have to do this and just like make food and I thought mm. I love Beagle uh, Express and I love Sinigang yeah and because I need it for you know drinking too much <laughs> so let's just make Recovery. it that yeah, and now we're drinking again <laughs> cheers guys cheers 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 cheers, cheers. 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 <laughs> yeah are you alive are you okay do you want me to make you another cocktail <laughs> uh, i'm actually be good for now but i'm, I'm excited to dig in this yeah. this pork belly is like look at that it's calling to me calling calling. To you. oh wow it. look at that sound Go for it. <laughs> I love how everyone does the thing. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I saw your story today too. <laughs> and you're just like, the sound of it. <laughs> the crispiness yeah. of and, it as well. And that, that's what you want. You want people to know that it's actually crispy. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So good luck to your teats. <laughs> Bye to them now. Uh, do you want soft drinks? Before moving forward, I have like um, lemonade. And I could give you guys cans so that we can continue. Yeah, no yeah, sure. yeah, sure. I'm, I'm happy sure. to take some lemonade. Yeah. yeah. So this is a first for the Okiru podcast and dining experience. Yeah. <laughs> but it's almost like a, what do you call it? Mukbang. Yeah, it's almost like a mukbang. <laughs> like a fancy mukbang. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fancy mukbang. Um, just a quick question. Is the mic going to interfere with that mic? Oh, no, I think uh, you, you turned He's recording on his phone. Oh, okay. No, because yeah. like, if, if, 
any mics as well. Hello. It might create interference. Oh. Yeah. Does that create interference? The other mic? Oh, no, no, I think it should be fine. Uh, it should be fine? Yeah. I can remove it. Nah, we don't need it but, anyways. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just, I was just a now. bit... I was just like, that's okay. <laughs> I mean, we understand. It's okay. You can panic. <laughs> <laughs> just keep panicking. It's, it's beautiful, you know. <laughs> no, I'm panicking. <laughs> Is that, are you panicking? Is that alright? Is it good? Yeah. We're good. Alright, we're good. We're good. Yeah, we're alive. Don't worry. Your ears are not bursting. <laughs> so a cine, this is Sinigang soup. Yeah. yeah. And it's like a sour it's soup. It's a sour soup. Right? So it's like, you know, using tamarind as your base for the broad Yeah. And there's a lot of variation to it. So if I were you, if you want to do it, just like... Wow. And like this one's just like the typical one that I grew up with. Mm. I didn't use like a um, Sinigang mix for this one. Just want to let you guys know. Oh, <laughs> I used tamarind paste for this right. one. Mm. It's it's so full of flavor. Mm. The soup is incredible. It is. Mm. Because it's made with love and also a lot of MSG. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't have MSG. It doesn't have MSG. <laughs> but I hear MSG is... is there's a chef that I follow on Instagram, mm -hmm. Tweta Bay, mm -hmm. and she has a campaign saying that MSG is not necessarily a bad thing. No, it's not. The thing is, like, it's because of how the Americans create the propaganda that MSG is horrible just to, like, make uh, the Chinese people look bad. Okay. And it's basically a racist attack to everything anyways. Really? It's the same way where everything... It's like, it's an, it's an understandable thing where... You eat too much sugar, you will get diabetes. Mm. If you drink too much, you will get super drunk. So you know, a little bit of everything is like bad for you. You know, it's not always just like oh, it's because it's MSG is gonna destroy you. It's mm. not. You know, it's just it's basically umami in in like your sprinkle. You know, mm. just slaps you real wow. mm, And I'm hearing the crunch <laughs> from you guys as well. That's good. Mm. <laughs> That's good. Because it took me an hour to make it. <laughs> wow. Not trying to make it you guys feel bad, I'm just letting you know it took an hour to make it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So once you found cooking, mm -hmm. was that did you stick to cooking? Was there any other yes. like in your mind like, oh maybe I can try something? I actually just stuck to cooking. So uh, my trajectory was because I studied quite early, so I went to uni when I was 15. Oh, wow. And I finished that course basically by the years, like when I was 17. Mm. And then I just continued doing stuff in between before I went here. Mm. And I still needed to do an internship. And I thought, okay, I could do it here and there. So by the time I graduated, I completed the associate degree from the Philippines. Yeah. And then the bachelor's degree here as well. So it was like a two for one scenario. Mm. Mm. What and bachelor degree did you study here? Um, bachelor's in culinary management. So that was in William Angus. Mm. And I was like, okay, expensive school. Gotta work hard. <laughs> no sleep. Wow. And how was the transition from the Philippines to Melbourne and experiencing the different cultures in hospitality? Yeah, they're nodding because you did great. That's a good question. Um, I think... Um, and the food, I think. <laughs> I think that there was not a lot of difference because I grew up in a very multicultural household. Mm. To me, it was more like, okay, I'm in a different country, um, but I'm extroverted so I could speak my way into it. Mm. So it wasn't as hard. I think for the first three months, it was exciting. I was like, oh, 
I'm in a different country, independence, you know. Mm. But then when reality hits already and you're starting to become an actual adult where you're paying all of your bills, yeah. you're um you're trying to pay for this tuition fee and then you're actually experiencing things that are not normal because you come home in the Philippines and you have you're surrounded with love, mm. you know, you're surrounded mm. with family. No matter how, um, even if you're just fighting, it's just a good interaction because you're still like, okay, that's my that's my sibling. It's okay. I yeah. feel alive. Mm. Early in the morning, your mom will yell, "Easing now," <laughs> and then she'll call us all in like in order, mm. and we say, "Okay, cool." So, mom. Um, we don't want to wake up yet. <laughs> but um, here, you have to do everything on your own. You have to mm. wake yourself up. You have to do your things, um, laundry, whatever. Mm. But it wasn't that I didn't know how to do them. It's more like, it's very different, you know. Yes. And the feeling of there's no actual security for you. Because like, there's a difference of like having security back home than having security here. Mm. Here, we're secured if we have a job. We yeah. have a good household. We got good partners, good friends. Mm -hmm. But back home has that strong connection to our family, mm -hmm. and that creates a shield that makes you feel lighter on the inside, mm -hmm. because you know that you know, no matter what, someone will get you. And sometimes mm -hmm. when you're here, it's not always the case. Yeah, you you find your chosen family, and that's where you feel like okay, maybe I'm a little bit protected. Yeah, but that's not also a very good security because some people move on and they go to different places. You yeah. Know? But family is always where it's at. Mm. I think for us Filipinos, that's a very big effect on like how we grow up and how yeah. we interact with people. So mm. now you know my family is very loud. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true with family, like Filipino family, like no matter what, they'll still love you no matter what. Like, yeah. If that's that close tightly, like no matter how many fights or things get so bad at home, like, mm -hmm. you know, at the end, like it's family, like mm. you guys love each other. Yeah. Yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah. It's your blood. That's mm. why. Mm. But Vietnamese culture is the same mm. as well, yes. right? Mm. So the family always comes first and it's it's beautiful. And when you're pronouncing, say, Filipino names, do you use the first, uh, the family name first and then the last, first name last or anything like that? No. no. Out of curiosity? No. It's the first name first yeah. and last name. Okay. Yeah. Well, Vietnamese culture and I think Japanese culture too, you use the surname first yeah. or your family name first. And mm. to me, it... it now, as I'm thinking about it, the, the family comes first, and that's how you pronounce your name first. Mm -hmm. Family name first, wow. and then the, your name, real name, last, yeah. right? Because the family comes before the individual, and say, like in, in the Western world, it's always the individual, the individual first, and, yeah. and that's what you may have experienced here. It's all about the individual. Yeah. In Australia, I think it's like it? it's. I think in my sense, it's like it's not a bad thing. The mm -hmm. idea of creating individualism for people is to create that independence as well, mm -hmm. and I admire that with like Australians as well. But I also think there's a separation to, like, just being independent and not minding or being mindful of the people around you. Because sometimes Australians or other people or like Western culture really come too strong mm -hmm. to judge or like you know push their ideals to other people mm -hmm. yeah but not realizing that their point of view is only just an outside point of view yes. it's the same way where you cannot talk about someone who got raped let's mm -hmm. say you can't talk about their scenario or like when they get pregnant you have no right to speak for them exactly. it's the same way for us no one has a right to speak for our culture except mm -hmm. for us yeah mm -hmm. and speak for us as well as people individually mm -hmm. so I think that's my take on it. Yeah. <laughs> Intense. <laughs> um, guys, I'm losing my English. <laughs> Can you get me more? 
Oh God, so intense this podcast. <laughs> but I think it's good to have. It's beautiful that we're having this conversation over like dinner, right? Like mm. sometimes these are where you have these intimate conversations where sometimes they can get so deep and like critical, like as these conversations are, but they're necessary, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. And I think it's not a bad thing. It's more that if you open up a conversation, it has a lot of heat to it. Mm. It's how you tackle it. Yes. And respect yeah. the topic itself mm. or the person itself mm. so that you don't create that kind of hatred from other people. Because mm. people always tend to listen to something and then hold on to one word that you said. And they will say, you said this, but yeah. not entirely, you know, it's see the, the full, context, the yeah. full the detail. Context, so, yeah. so to me, that's how it is. You just mm. need to like... Listen to the entire thing, please. Thank you. <laughs> you can remove the part where I poison them. <laughs> but, first of all, can we just say how fucking delicious this is? Like, no, it's so good. It's so good. You're so many times you're looking at me. I'm like, I'm like, holy shit. Like, this is the chef for experience. It's expensive. I'm joking. It's not that cheap. Send us the bill. <laughs> Send you the bill. Um, no, no, no. It's like, again, I really wanted you guys to come by and try it as well. Because some of you didn't come to my event. So I have to like, you know, compensate for people who didn't come. <laughs> so sad, you know? <laughs> you know? And it's like, okay. It's like, they just don't like me. <laughs> Especially so that other Filipino guy. I mean, oh, go <laughs> He's Filipino oh, no. and then he didn't come. <laughs> oh, wait, it's also late today. <laughs> Shots fired. Oh, no, 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 no. Man down. <laughs> oh, wait, you're still here. I'm going to pass away soon. <laughs> but that's why you're actually seated me next to me because they know I'm gonna like <laughs> gonna you send you somewhere. <laughs> the Filipino food is very homey mm. as well that I've experienced when when I was in the Philippines. It was just food like this, mm. right? And when we did go out, like I was in Manila with my friend and his family went out to eat takeaway and, and fast food. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of odd because... Were you dying on the inside? A little, because I wanted to experience, like, the, the proper cuisine, but they always took us to eat fast food. Mm. But all the proper cuisine is cooked in the home anyway. Mm. It's hard. I think there's also separation with the idea of our cuisine and the culture of takeaways in the Philippines, because we took in that American culture where yeah. we just take away a lot of food, there's a lot of fast food everywhere, you know? Um, and Filipino cuisine doesn't come to life until like you eat it in a household or you go to a regional area mm-hmm. or a specific restaurant that does Filipino food. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's good that we're still doing Filipino food in the Philippines, but it's also because of how we know to make it at home. And that's why some Filipino restaurants here or anywhere in the world really don't progress because they tend to be like put on like i can just make it at home mm. you know and then why did you eat in that restaurant then if you're yeah. gonna mock the person who's doing something mm. then it won't go anywhere and then that's the reason why we are not able to represent further before mm. they can even get to the point of yeah. getting to know like filipino food they closed down <laughs> and covid didn't help so yeah. that's another thing how was covid for you then and you said look you went through a rough patch mm. as well because your livelihood was taken away. Your joys, your passions were, were taken away over, what, two, three years. Yeah, and it was so fun playing Animal Crossing. <laughs> I tell you, honestly. <laughs> I needed that game. <laughs> um, 
So basically, when the lockdown happened, everyone was stood down, mm-hmm. and because people they 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 can't pay their people apparently, mm-hmm. which is a really a bullshit excuse for uh, companies to have an excuse to not pay their people, mm-hmm. and. I paid uh, for my visa then, so I was doing my visa stuff, and it's so expensive. Yeah, it's really mm-hmm. expensive. I had to prove that I'm a chef when I already have my bachelor's degree and associate degree certificates mm-hmm. in cookery. I had all of those things, and yet I still have to pay three grand just to say that I actually qualify as a professional a chef. chef. Mm-hmm. So. As you're going towards that um, requirement, because you have a lot of requirements aside from that, you have police check, your medical, and you have a history of reference and everything. The lockdown happened, and then my employer at the time, which I won't name, because I probably cannot say their, their name, mm-hmm. uh, just didn't uh, give us anything. So mm-hmm. until like July, I think, um, going towards August, that's when mm-hmm. we opened slightly for a month. Yeah, and we just like <laughs> two weeks after we were like, because um, I made a new menu for that restaurant as well. So when I was doing the menu for like two weeks before we opened, it's okay. Um, but I I lost all of my financial stuff, everything, yeah. all my savings. Um, I got lucky that I had a big tax return yeah. from that year, so I was like, okay, I can survive with this one. But when when uh, Scomo basically said. If you guys can't afford to stay here, you can you can go home. Go yeah. home, yeah. And then there's like the um, there's the job support. I forgot what it is though. Job, job, job keeper. Job keeper, yeah. But yeah. but the thing is like, why wasn't I qualified for it? Yeah. I had a visa, working visa mm. for a job. Yeah. And yet we're not qualified for it because yeah. we're not Australian citizens. Mm. We're not permanent residents. So. Oh, wow. Okay. So for the first year and a half of COVID. None of us got anything. Whoa. So when it was locked down for us, we were just locked down. And mm. I'm so grateful that my brother-in-law and my partner, Elliot, yeah. was with us during the time. And they had job keepers. So they were willing to like pay the rent and pay the bills during mm. the time. But it was very... Um, it's not nice. Like The feeling is not nice because mm. you feel low. You're, yeah. you're like... You feel like you're, you're put into like the dirt, basically. Because mm. Como didn't care about us. Yeah. You know? Mm. And... For someone who's also trying to be independent, and I'm already quite independent at the time, just not earning anything was a pain, yeah. you know, and just having to rely on people. Not that I don't rely on people a lot, it's more like I don't want them to be burdened financially. Yes. Yeah. Because the Filipino thing comes into like where we don't want people to like say something in return because like when you borrow something, they're just like, you know, you borrowed money from me last time, maybe you paid, and then you, you get a talk back basically. Mm. It's like, mm, I don't want that from people. I don't want people telling me that I paid for your thing. Yeah. So I owe you. Yeah. I own you, you know? Yeah. It can be so petty sometimes, right? It's the pettiness, really. And then the thing is, like, moving forward to that one, I went to another employer. Mm. That employer really um, was um, promised me that, oh, okay, I will give you your PR, we'll process everything. And I was like, okay. Thank you very much. It was like a cafe. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, I come in and then they told me what's the problem with the place. They're like, oh, the, the people there are really bad, the kitchen mm-hmm. and stuff. They don't do what I want. And then I sympathize with this owner because in my head, okay, 
I, I see the problem and I could fix it. And because mm. I came from a, another place that I fixed the entire thing. When I used to work for the first place before the lockdown, our food was coming out like an hour and a half, 40 minutes, an hour and a half. Wow. And we were doing like pizza, pasta stuff. Like, the, I can't say it because you, you'll know where it is. Oh, okay. yeah. um, <laughs> whatever it is. And then um, I had like two employees at the time that were just sabotaging me. They were not doing their job. Mm. Everything was dirty. And that's not really good because like we have seafood sometimes on the menu. Mm. And then at some point, um, this was in like January, um, my sister and my brother-in-law worked for me. Mm. And then in like in one week, we changed. I mean, in two days, really. We changed the entire setup of the kitchen the way I wanted it, the way I want the service to go through. And then from then on, all the food items are coming down to like, 10 to 15 minutes wow. or even lower depending on how fast we were like preparing for it wow yeah and so i moved on to this place which is a smaller place than this one because we were doing like 150 covers in one hour um because it's a big place yeah so and then you know have an interchangeable thing so you need to get out in and out what do you mean by covers 150 covers Covers is like the amount of people you can handle in one go uh -huh. so 150 is 150 people inside the restaurant yeah wow. so then you do like an that's hourly thing yeah. yeah so when you that's why when you go to like a restaurant they say your dining is only an hour or an mm. hour and a half mm. it's because the covers need to change to yeah right. okay. yeah so people need to be in and out yeah yeah and so I was used to like, you know, that amount of like stress, like the amount of thing, but we were able to manage it again. Mm. Sorry. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> um, but we were able to manage and bring out the food on time and, you know, minimal like complaints. And then I moved to this place that promised me like my visa because the other job was really bad. You know, as, yeah. I, as I said, they don't treat you properly. They don't treat you with like, um, like a human being because they know that you need the visa. And they will use that against you and i thought this place was gonna be better mm. but it wasn't <laughs> mm. so i waited for months and then um the owner was terrible mm. they would change the menu so quick without thinking whether or not we've ordered a lot of things or prepare a lot of things mm. so the costs go up yeah for the moment you change it and they would eat the food and they would just say this is shit wow it's not constructive there's no thing it's just a shit yeah. and to think that that person also like smokes heavy and everything so a lot of a lot of the things that were like okay you're probably not tasting it properly because <laughs> oh, you one you're also this. vegan you shouldn't be eating this meat <laughs> two, you're smoking a lot of packets and three you're just a horrible human being mm -hmm. and at some point of that employment um she they were joking <laughs> that um that they own everything in the place including me wow and at some point i was like thinking oh maybe it's just really a joke you know yeah. I, I didn't take it too much and then i had a conversation with a friend and then they're like that's not okay yeah <laughs> no one sh should say that to you that's not yeah. a good thing to say mm -hmm. and then you know i had the feeling like the coming year because we were close for christmas then january came i had an email from the business partner saying that um they need me to do my job because apparently I wasn't doing my job. Wow. Hmm. And I was like, how am I not doing my job? I'm ordering everything minimum, making sure that whatever the owner, the one that you have a business partner with ish mm. relationship is happy, even though I don't agree with what they want. Yeah. Because it seems like they don't know how to run a business yeah. and they don't know how a restaurant would, um, would function. Yeah. And 
there's a lot of like instances where I didn't understand why. And this is me coming from a, like a background of fine dining, actual pubs, like bigger restaurants than this one. This was like mm. a 20 seater cafe. Mm. It's not even like all day, yeah. you know, mm. it's not even open, like so full on. So mm. in my head, how am I struggling with a place like this? And mm. I got an email. And uh, so prior to that, um, the place that gave me my PR, which is called Parpigal, it's a burlesque place, mm. was like from my friend uh, that I used to work with in a Scottish pub. Yeah. And I brought her to the other place I was working before I moved to the cafe. Yeah. And she was telling me, um, Fred, I need your help with like um, helping build this restaurant because mm. um, are you um, free to consult us yeah. or like talk to the owner? Um, her name's Whiskey Falls. She's a burlesque performer. So she was actually at the event. Oh, okay. The red hair. Right. Yeah. Whiskey and, Falls. Yeah, Whiskey Falls. <laughs> man, she is hot. <laughs> Done right now. She's my friend, but I also love her. So, yeah. you know, you guys can have a look. I'm man. I'm just telling you right now, doing this. You see the camera. I'm pointing. Um, All my eyes on this. That's yeah, it. And, and she asked me to consult, and I was helping them do the stuff of style food, basically. And on the day that I got the email, I was actually on my way to do a tasting yeah. for them. Um, there was another chef involved as well. And we were creating the selections for the night. Mm. And I was crying heavy because mm. my, my heart just sank. Because I already paid the first half of the visa. Yeah. And yeah. because as an uh, employee, we don't get anything back. Mm. If the employer backed out, whatever you paid just goes directly. No no refund, yeah. not even a partial refund, nothing. And it was a lot. It was a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So coming from another place that I paid a lot of money for a visa and I came to another place, paid another visa. And I was like, crap, I'm, I'm just going to go home. I'm just uh, like, I think I had a moment of like, I think I just need to just realize that maybe Australia is not for me. Maybe, yeah. maybe wow. this is not for me. And I've been struggling for like six years already and I'm trying so hard to do everything right. But nothing's clicking. Wow. And then um, my friend, who was like the manager, was like, um, "Can I just work here?" You mm. know. And I told her like, "You don't have to look for another person. Let me just run it." You know. And then I had a good conversation with the owner, Poppy, and she was okay. She's like, "Okay, we'll we'll help you. We'll we'll sponsor you." Mm. And it was the one eight six, which is direct an employer nomination scheme. Uh, which is only like a nine month process mm. and directs you to PR already. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so it was the first time ever as a chef that I work in that people will knock on the kitchen door and say, thank you, chef. That was a very lovely meal. Yeah. Thank wow. you, Fred. Your food is amazing. Wow. And even a shout out to the event because we do burlesque mm. performances on the night. So yeah. we have like a full thing, like there's a host, there's like acts. Um, we do like specialized cocktails mm. and then we do this amazing like taco style food and that's when I started building my confidence back again mm. and feeling that okay maybe I am allowed to feel a little bit like proud of what I've done so far because yeah. my achievements are based on getting that PR yeah. and no matter how much mm. I become a head chef or how many kitchens I've run already prior mm. it didn't make me feel successful they make me feel like I'm doing anything right. Mm. So that was the first time that I felt, okay, I can do this. And then we did like a world whiskey day yeah. where we did like course meals. And then we did like pairings of whiskey on the day, whiskey flights. It was a four course thing. Mm. 
And then it hit me and I asked the owner, Poppy, like, um, am I able to do like a Filipino night here? Yeah. A Filipino event? And she's like, yeah, 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 just do it. You know, just let me know. Mm. And at some point it wasn't supposed to be Barangay. It was supposed to be just like a Filipino night. That's yeah. it. Mm. And I think around end of May, and I was like, you know, fuck it. I, I'll do Barangay. Yeah. I've been wanting to do it for three years. Mm. And I have been putting it in the back burner because one, it's so expensive. Two, mm. I need my PR first to yeah. do it. But here's an opportunity. Let, let me do it. Mm. And I think I went overboard <laughs> for the first event. Because like, <laughs> I want to impress people. I wanted people to see that Filipino food is worth it. Mm. That Filipino mm. food is not something that you will say, it's so cheap. Why would we pay for that? Yeah. And... I want other nationalities to know that we exist. Yeah. So I went and did like teasers for the event. So I did like two food teasers, some cocktail teasers, and a fashion and a performance teaser. All of that to combine what Barangay in essence is. Mm. It's a representation of cuisine and culture. Uh, entirely Filipino. Mm. And what our new wave of Filipino like desires yeah. are. And to me, that was like my full point of it. Yeah. And... I did it, but then, you know, lockdown happened. So I had to push it, push right. it, and push it. So first one a week, I was like a four-course meal. Mm. Um, similar cocktails, actually, because I wanted to keep the cocktails, because yeah. they were so fun. It's like the <laughs> island, so you can travel the Philippines by just drinking <laughs> the cocktails, basically. Uh-huh. And one, maybe in, no, maybe in three drinks. Unless you want to do it all the same time. You can, with a straw. be a struggle, but dang, you'll be amazing. You'll just like, I think I will do that as a challenge. Do all three, I'll give you nothing. But, I'll give you nothing. But I will make sure that your name will be known in the wall. <laughs> the wall that doesn't exist. <laughs> but, um, so I did that. And I think when I started believing in um, what the brand is, thing, things followed, you know. Um, we got published in the Philippine Times. Mm-hmm. We got published in the Herald Sun. We got published in the Philippines in Manila Standards. And then we got featured in CNN Philippines. Mm-hmm. And then we got into ABS-CBN as well. Wow. Mm. And that's when I realized, okay, there is something here. It's like, and it's resonating for some reason to other things. And I said, okay, let's continue doing it. Mm-hmm. And I got lucky that, you know, that the workplace is so easy. But again, we went to a lockdown three months, three months and a half. And then I was supposed mm. to do it again on Christmas. Yeah. But I had to cancel or postpone it because COVID. People got COVID two yeah. weeks before the event. And it was the time where 14 days was your required, like, um, yes, yeah. um, you know, isolation. I was like, mm. okay, I have to move it to uh, January. Yeah. And January was so scary because everyone was getting COVID. <laughs> it was like a time where, like, almost at the end of the month, the peak went really yeah. high, right? Um, January this year, high 2022. Yeah, early, earlier yeah. this year, 2022, yes. And um, so I struggled as well because I had lost employees on the night. And um, before that, like the week before the event, uh, I had news. Uh, we all sat down. It was a Sunday. We did like a rehearsal for Barangay. So Whiskey, my friend, uh, and the manager as well, like sat us all down. Yeah. Tell us that we are closing. Wow. completely the bar and we sat there drank a bunch of champagne we had a lot of champagne we're yeah. just like you know what and the owner was like just just drink whatever you guys want yeah you know and it was hard because like she didn't want to play with our futures which is you know understandable mm. uh, with the current market we don't know whether or not we're gonna be busy all the time yeah. or yeah. we can't play that game because like yeah. another day she's already doing her dance studio upstairs mm-hmm. the restaurant is also like 
in that space and you know that's who you're supporting the restaurant it's not helpful mm-hmm. so she had to make this decision so we were at that point where we we're just like crap and we were just thinking of like how will my visa be as well because like mm-hmm. i was just waiting to do like the medical thing yeah. but covid keep happening mm-hmm. so i had to keep like moving it but i think if i got the medical earlier on i would have gotten the pr straight away yeah but I had to wait for this time and it happened really fast mm. and as the time goes by you know until february um the week that we were no, two weeks before we were supposed to close close i yeah. got my pr wow i got like that confirmation from the agent saying you are staying wow. forever mm. and it kind of felt like that last gift from the place yeah. that gave me a lot of confidence as well um, um to pursue not just my vision as a um, chef and mm. someone that wants to do something but I'm also <clears throat> as a kind of like a performer in a mm. sense where they because they live like a double life basically they have their person their personas and they have their normal names yeah. and their different jobs mm. at night they do this amazing or not even nighttime just whenever they get per- performance like mm. they do this acts and everything mm. and that inspired me to do something similar yeah and think like okay I am a brand I need to think of myself as one and hopefully people see that <laughs> and it's not because i want to like i'm a chef i know everything it's yeah. more like i think it gives you a voice to again give your opinions on certain matters like for yeah. me now i'm just learning that i might be able to move forward uh, with this trajectory to be able to speak for filipino cuisine mm-hmm. and help other filipino businesses that wants to do the same and then encourage them on how to do it better yeah. or at least like mm-hmm. make sure that we're all uplifting one another because mm. like th- there's also that thing where um organizations are built here but they don't really uplift one another yeah and it becomes like just their own thing mm. and we don't do that a lot for other businesses mm. and that's really bad yeah and you know definitely those things are, i think i want to work towards too definitely and i agree with you like that that game of having your own business is like can be like a doggy world world where everyone Mm-hmm. it's everyone's own game right like in it for themselves yeah. and I guess that's why we're kind of here today is because we see it differently we want to uplift people we want to mm-hmm. let people you know go for their dreams right mm-hmm. <laughs> but the, <laughs> what <laughs> that's how we got connected to you because I'll <laughs> from the, the conversation we had <laughs> That's a professional. But the one thing that, yeah, that that I really love what you said was like those people that gave you that let you know your self worth. Yeah. Because a lot of the time you're getting like you know all that negative when it rains it falls like yeah. yeah it's like so much negativity was coming your way and then you know he had that little bit of light where you just had people saying you know you know you're worth you're a lot mm. you're lo- you're worth a lot more than you are, you know. And then you build that confidence mm. up and, yeah and this industry is i think in any every every single industry is toxic in yeah. their own ways but mm. the idea of this um chef kind of thing is mm. like you know how they portray it in television like gordon ramsay those mm. people actually exist in the industry yeah. mm. and i so happened to work for some of them exactly see see he's doing it perfect okay. <laughs> follow the beat come on come on no. um but i just felt that i didn't have that kind of stand because i'm I am quite young um, for this industry and 
every single place I've ever worked in will remind me that I am really young and sometimes I shouldn't do stuff. So really? wow. some of my friends even were like, um, you shouldn't accept that promotion. I don't think you're ready. Wow. You what shouldn't, you shouldn't, now? you shouldn't do these things because it's not like you're not presenting yourself properly. Wow. I used to do like private chefs before private chefing. I saw cooking for people at home yeah. and some of my friends would say, you're not an actual chef if you do that. That's not a proper wow. restaurant. Mm. That's fucking terrible. Yes. And the thing is like, again, being just 20, 21 yeah. <laughs> at the time, I was just like, like at some point I had the confidence to do it. Mm. Um, but in the back, head, back end of my mind, I'm always just like, uh, maybe I am not good enough for this. Maybe I am not the best that I thought I would be. Mm. But then every time I do it, people would just say, that was amazing. Yeah. Mm. You know, but I couldn't take it. Again, it was a, because it's linked to the PR thing. Mm. Have to get the PR first, yeah. and it really fed on that um, not seeing that self worth, <clears throat> not seeing mm. your achievements, no matter how like massive the achievements yeah. are, really. Mm. Um, and you know, this place, the uh, Barpigal, just like gave me that extra kick that I needed. Yeah and being surrounded with people that actually cared and loved me not just as a chef but mm, as a person and respected me enough to believe in my ideals for the food mm. the way i want it done yeah um the way i want to run my kitchen you know and that trust was like enough for me to like okay i just want to do this and you know now i'm here talking yeah. about it with mm. you guys and i did the event the second time yeah. and you were there <laughs> that was a beautiful event mm. And like, thank you for sharing your story. Cause like, mm. I was I, I was feeling all that pain, man. Like, I felt quite emotional. Like, mm. hearing all the stuff that you you went through, mm. and then to overcome it, and then to be recognized by the Philippines, the very country that you want to bring mm. more awareness to in Australia. Mm. How how did that feel, man? I actually didn't know how to take it. First, yeah. it's like because I I'm not in the Philippines. <laughs> yeah. Why well, I didn't know how to feel about yeah. it. I was like, okay. I am published in the Philippines. Mm. I am recognized mm. in the Philippines mm. for those things alone. I mean, it's not like a white thing. Mm. It, it's not if I go to the Philippines like, Chef Fred, Chef Fred, can I get your <laughs> oh, of course. No, it's not going to be like that. But it's more like um, just knowing that I am actually yeah. making an impact on yeah. something. Yeah. And that's, I want to keep going mm. and stuff. As I, as I said, I almost wanted to give up. Yeah. I think the pressure was building and I need something stable. Because mm. as I was going by, um i wasn't working a lot so i wasn't earning a lot mm. so i was not like get, gaining that this uh i was not being like sustainable to myself yeah. and my finances and it was like a lot of hit and miss for me and i had to sacrifice that to like get to this point again mm. and it's hard when you're in that hole like mm. creatively speaking it's not easy because everything is just like a daze when days when things are okay for me mm. it just flows mm. but it was hard it took me six months yeah six months to even just like do barangay and post about barangay yeah. again you know and it hurts because like it reminds me of like the place where it all started and it's close you know yeah. the people that i used to work with are not working i'm not working with them anymore because mm. like when we all work it doesn't feel like we're working yes mm. it yeah. feels like we're all just hanging out doing our yeah. jobs you know but when we're it's game time we're all very, very professional yeah. and respectful. That's yeah. the other thing that I really loved about it. It's like, you'll see chefs like yelling on the service, right? Mm. Like those kinds of scenarios. Yeah. But on our end, we just like, okay, 
something's wrong what do you need what do we need to change mm. in the kitchen if someone makes a mistake as well one of my chefs will be like chef i'm sorry i, I messed up on this one i'll just say it's okay let's get this one here yeah. drop it now give me minutes let's push let's push let's push yeah. who else needs help basically that's how we function as people in in that place so wow. we help each other out to a point that we just want solutions yes if you make a mistake yeah. i will not reprimand you too much yeah. i mean i won't really it's more like i will remind you okay so next time just just try to be mindful of that. Mm. Don't don't overexert yourself. If you need help, yell. Yeah. We're here to support you. I can get out of the past and assist you and then I can like switch with anyone else. Yeah. We get we gain to a point that everyone was so trained that I could interchange with anyone in the kitchen and mm. we would support one another and we would Amazing. just be able to bring out food. Yeah. Wow. And it was just like, okay, I'm switching to the fryer. Someone from the fryer will go to the pass. One will go to the cold section, one will go to the wow. um, grill. Yeah. And if someone is not there present and they did something like someone something's on the grill let's say the chicken wings that we were cooking and then at some point it's like a sixth sense now um i think we have an automatic timer in our bodies yeah. but we do put timers in the kitchen yeah just to be like you know just in case we were doing multiple things and then one will do it and be like okay ready or like someone will prepare the plate already you know ready to go and that's that's the kind of relationship that i had with them yes yeah. it was so good and i wish it wasn't close you know yeah but i wish i was still working there <laughs> where did you learn that style of taking care of the kitchen like you have that care as well because other people mindfulness i think it came from um not wanting to be how my chefs are um because all of my chefs were they're all not all of them are nice mm -hmm. and they didn't care about your well-being um, they didn't understand the idea of like you yelling at me for 30 minutes it's not productive mm. nor is it um, helping me find the solution mm. when someone's already at the point of like they know they made the mistake they're in like a frantic state of mind yeah mm. so how can you calm a person who's stressed about it mm. right mm. you don't yell at them mm. you don't tell them that they're shit you don't tell them that um, what you're doing is horrible you don't tell the people that are working there that you have no passion for this industry you should just like quit you know and that is something that I never wanted to be mm. I said to myself if I'm gonna have a opportunity to like run my own kitchen I will run it the way I want it to be run and I won't be like the typical chef that, that you know, not happy not smiling not doing anything crazy mm. I'm very opposite and I think I most people will tell me like you are a crazy person <laughs> but also at the same time you're just like you're too happy to be a chef and it's like there's a lot of times um, people would think I'm not the head chef right. <laughs> because I'm just like doing that in the kitchen. I would sing, I would play like very like fun music yeah. in the kitchen. I'll just see me doing weird things, you know. <laughs> I'm way too polite sometimes, <laughs> and they're just like, "Wait a minute, you're the one running this." I'm like, yes, <laughs> I'm the one that emailed you. Actually, welcome to my kitchen. So please give me the invoice. <laughs> Thank you very much. You can go on your merry way. Thank you. And the thing is like when you create that kind of effect as well you touch people in many levels and absolutely and you create the system a support system not just for you but for them as well yeah i've had most of my people like that i work with i carry with me mm. in different places and so far i've worked i think i have one employee that i was able to pull to like four different places wow. with me yeah. and then that created like you know an effect that if i ever open up I would call on these people and be like, if you are keen to work with me again, 
which I am very keen and they're very um, helpful. They were at my event actually. Yeah. Um, the reason why I was able to be outside. <laughs> They're so good. I didn't even give them too much instructions. I'm like, oh my God, I love you guys so much. I barely slept. <laughs> I drank Red Bull, so I'm panicking. I don't know. First time. I was so scared. I didn't know that Red Bull had that much caffeine. <laughs> I mean, I, well, I drink coffee. But I only drink it once. If I had two or three more, I could run around like a crazy person. And yeah. that's why in the restaurant, yeah. Like whiskey will tell everyone, and my sister was my basically my sous chef at the time. Will tell everyone how many coffee did he have? <laughs> they see me just like running around Bouncing between off the walls, so, so energetic for no reason. He's like, "You had coffee, didn't you?" I was like, "No, don't." And they're like, "Don't lie to me." I'm like, I, I, yes, I had two more coffees. I also can't lie. I think one other thing is like when people press me so much, like I can't lie, like completely lie. Uh, it's hard for me because like when people look at me in the eye or at least like tell me, so what's the thing? <laughs> I, I think it's because of this. So that's why no asking and where the okay. workplace is. <laughs> Don't take it. Barbigal only. Barbigal, best place ever. <laughs> you know, it's like that's that that one. You can ask me a lot of questions, too. but um, it's that kind of relationship that I created that I was able to string them along and yeah. um make them feel comfortable that's one other thing like i remember thinking i had workplaces where like you're not allowed to use your phone you're not allowed mm -hmm. to do this you're not allowed to play these things yeah. and then you limit their their capabilities to feel like connected to your kitchen yeah. and they will not care about it because mm -hmm. you're being like a hard ass on them yeah. mm -hmm. so when you mm -hmm. care more about your people you they will care for you and yeah. the things that you and do. the work, yeah. And then it just becomes like this synergy of like everyone working in the kitchen is happy. Yeah. And everyone is like, you know, coming to a point where we're just like closing down nicely. We're all helping out. I will wash. I'll make them like, you know, scrub, scrub everything. It's like, okay, I'll go down to the washing pit. I'll do the dishes, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, I don't have to do that. I don't have to do it as, a, as their head chef, but... It didn't matter to me because at the end of the day, if I can make things faster for all of us so we can get the fuck out, yeah. Yeah. I will do it. Because <laughs> like standing for 8, 12 hours a day, it's okay because we're used to it. Yeah. I wasn't going to say it's hard. It's just like we're used to it. So yeah. we're not going to feel like that much effect on us. But, you know, it's good to like rest. Yeah. Have a moment to yourself. Mm -hmm. Let your feet like feel like they're actually like, you know, not being abused <laughs> but you know at some point you just think okay self-care everybody yeah. and we make staff meals and we would do like there's like the thing that we do where it's either we do the burly bay boxes which is like vegan gluten-free like packages of food or we call it the kitchen special or the fed special if you choose a fed special it'll be whatever i want to give you <laughs> and assuming that i know your dietaries which i do i know everyone's dietaries yeah. in the workplace so, okay, I will make ways to make food with whatever we have here. Tonight, you're gonna have pasta a la fred. <laughs> pasta a la fred doesn't have an ideal sauce. It'll be whatever I want. So, it might be different the next day because it's different stuff that I put into it, you know. And you create a whimsical idea yeah, of how yeah. to make stuff. And it's, it's just really fun, I think. And then the day, you want people to have fun. Mm. 
Except for this one. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I didn't say, I didn't say anything. <laughs> Don't finish the food. Wait, I finished the food already. Well, it's too late. It's good. It's it going to work. It. It's going to work soon. Got one hour. Got <laughs> one hour. It's the final song of the Yeah. Enjoy. Lord. Your journey sounds like it sounds rough, right? through the lockdowns and through COVID, but at the same time, it sounds very character building mm. as I mean, well. It's, it's more of the idea that to create, I mean, to build yourself, you yeah. have to go hardships. Of right? course, yeah. Because if you always get things the way you want it to be, you don't have that um, resistance to it. Yeah, mm. yeah and you're right. Another thing that we're seeing in the industry right now with new chefs coming along is mm. that because they think they went to chef school, they can call themselves chefs already. Sure, they they will become chefs, but to be a chef, you need to be recognized or like given that title. Mm. So you have okay. to earn the right to be a chef. That's how it that's how it works originally in this industry. And as I said, it's very different when we first started. I'm 26 now, and yeah. I remember when I was like 16 when I did my internship in the Philippines. We don't get paid, okay? We don't get paid in the Philippines. You don't get paid anything. They will provide mm -hmm. your uniform, their food, and that's it, and the experience. Yeah. And you should be very happy that they even take you in, right. you know, mm -hmm. without consideration about your public transport or like on your hours. And you will work crazy hours as well, yeah. like 10, 12 hours. And they will say, oh, you need to show us your like passion, you know? Yeah. And at some point I had a moment where I was sick. I was literally like having a fever. I told my chef, chef, I think I need to go home because I am really unwell. And one of the chefs said, you just get like um, biogesic, not bi biogesic, yeah. it's like our Panadol. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they had like, um, just take one, just take that one, you know, you'll be fine. Mm. Before, when I was your age, I did it, you know, mm. you know, I, I was just standing, even if I'm sick, I'm still working. Mm. I'm just like in my head, but you guys are not paying me. Also, yeah. I am ill. I'm only 16. I'm not like, mm. I'm not like you guys was like fucking old already. <laughs> you have more resistance to this. And I wasn't like a healthy, healthy yeah. person. I had asthma already. So he was already acting up. And I remember like leaving and then the chef told me, you know what? You won't make it in any kitchen because wow. I don't see any passion in you. We don't see, we, we, we really can't see that you're passionate or anything. And I'm just like, it's because I want to go home because I'm sick because mm -hmm. you don't pay me. Mm -hmm. And I've been working here since like seven o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. and I'm going home at what? Six o'clock. Wow. Go crazy. Mm -hmm. But um, so I ended up, you know, um, going home still because I really couldn't. I, yeah. I was having a hard time standing up and I was hot in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the moving constantly just, was just not helpful. And... I took that in. I think I use it as a motivational thing to be good, course, to yeah. be like better. And I've been so mindful again of how I present myself and how I do my job. I let my work speaks for speak for myself. You know, I don't, mm. I don't tell people like yes, I did this. Yeah, <laughs> I wait for them to actually hire me, and then I tell them what it needs to be changed, and then I do the job. I give them a time frame. Usually mm. within a week, two weeks, you you should see some result. Like in one day that I'm inside your kitchen, I'll probably change everything up already. Mm. So those were like my um, my methods whenever I was going to like take over a kitchen. And that got stuck in my head because like all the other chefs were just like, 
as I was moving up in the ladder. Mm. None of them were encouraging. <laughs> they were really not encouraging. All of them were really shit. <laughs> Most of them were just like horrible. Yeah. They won't even explain things properly. Like, why? Why does it? Why do you guys do that? Like, what's yeah. a what's the chemical reaction of this thing? Mm. Nothing. You know, you just follow a recipe and that's it. Yeah. Mm. Just get berated later. Just like. Oh. Well, <laughs> you would I would like times that you would walk to I, there was like one time I was going to my workplace I think I was, I was 19 so that was the first six months I was here yeah I was a pastry chef there just walking towards it and then I remember like that was like the pitch perfect days the flashlights so <laughs> for the second uh, movie and then I was it just played on my Spotify and I was walking and I was crying I'm like flash <laughs> I need to hold on I have like a full shift I have like I have like a split shift yeah. I have like morning till night yeah and I was like help me please <laughs> I feel like I'm dying uh, and it was like hard it's like I think I, I laugh a lot and I, I'm always like you know still happy on what I'm doing but it wasn't always easy and mm. The amount of times I wanted to give up was insane. Yeah. <laughs> it was like really literally just like I think I was always close to the edge of giving up. Mm-hmm. And then another opportunity shows itself and I was mm-hmm. I become excited again. Yeah. And then along the way of that opportunity it becomes shit and then I almost like no one never me. Maybe I should be just like a software developer or whatever. <laughs> I'm just like making the apps and be like this is my app. Play it. Thank you. Amazing. Point ninety nine. <laughs> but um but that didn't work out. So yeah. I think as I got to a point where I'm actually doing well as a chef, I realized, okay, maybe I can do it. You know? mm. It's okay, I'll stay. And I had people, I think it's the people that made me stay even further, like mm. being able to bring your team, being able to meet people along the way and building that relationship that lasts long. Yeah. Because again, we don't have family here. Mm. Well, I do now. I have my siblings. But yeah when you don't have that kind of relationship or like a family thing you find it outside right yeah. and that was when i was finding those people that i still have now mm-hmm. and they helped me along the way mm-hmm. whiskey i love you <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh she was really detrimental to like getting this pr as well mm-hmm. but she helped me convince the owner but the owner wasn't hard to convince she was really nice yeah because i was crying <laughs> i was i think i was a cry baby but it's hard man think yeah. about it. you're just like on the edge and i don't want to get deported <laughs> i paid so much tuition fee it's so expensive <laughs> it's so stressful but um but you know again it's shaping a character basically that's yeah, why i said like sure. now that the earlier generation they have all these rights they don't do things properly mm-hmm. and they just they just don't obey anymore mm-hmm. not that they need to obey everything it's more like if someone knows better than you and they're explaining things properly to you your explanation towards that doesn't work anymore yeah. if you say oh it's because it's how we've done it before yeah and that's the reason why we're changing it because what you've done before it's not right mm-hmm. it's also bad and if you work in another kitchen and you do that shit you're not gonna get hired you're yeah. gonna get fired and you're going to be sad and you're going to think the place is horrible. Mm. So when someone's putting you in the right direction, listen and understand that some of us are just watching out for you guys. Yeah. Because yeah. at the end of the day, no one will do that. Yeah. Some mm. people will just let you burn because it's nice to see you crash and burn. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that went dark. Um, yeah, yeah. Sorry. And 
before our conversation today, you said that, look, just because you like cooking doesn't mean that you'd do well in cooking school or to become a chef, right? Mm. And, and what I'm hearing from you now is being a chef is not just cooking, but it's owning the entire kitchen operation mm. from ordering to preparing and to put staff at their stations and to really assemble a, a service line. Yes, but I think it's also a level of responsibility. Mm. I was a head chef and therefore those are within my responsibilities and things I'm capable of. Yeah. To be a chef really is to understand that when you're creating food, you're telling a story. Mm. You're not just recreating someone else's recipe. When mm. you're a chef already, not only do you know your, um, your passion of what you want to create, but you understand the fundamentals of that cooking. Mm. You don't just follow. You're not a follower. Yeah. You're someone who's trying to make a trend or like make a mark to someone. Mm. And that's when you know those are chefs. Not only are they good followers, but they're good creators as well. Mm. And that's where you understand that dynamics. Because if you're only a good follower and you're not a good creator, you're not entirely meeting the criteria of a chef. Right. And it takes a lot to do that. And again, years of experience. And some people get lucky because some of us are quite creative already. Mm. And when you're creative already, you could see things and apply it. Mm. It's like whenever you have a skill, all skills are applicable to certain a certain degree in different industries yeah. as long as you see it. Yeah. So let's say I work for an office. Even though I don't have a qualification to work in an office, I do, I do not have to use a uh, Microsoft Office and all those things, Excel, like I know how to do like, you know, website designs and many things that will help me get an office job, but I'm not qualified because I don't have the certification. So the same way where if you work in an office, if you know how to organize your shit, you could bring that to a kitchen. If you're organized, it's helpful. If you're like trying to acquire more information, that's also helpful. But again, doesn't mean that you want to be, you're a good cook at home. You could mm. be a chef ready because again, it's not just about the cooking bit. Mm. The cooking bit is the easiest bit. The hardest bit is like getting your supplies in line, training your people in it, making sure you have a proper workflow in the kitchen mm. and ensuring that you have good relationship from both end and back end. Yeah. Because those are the reason why a restaurant function. Mm. If no one is able to do that, then it collapses. I, I like how I'm doing like this. <laughs> so basically, I'm singing like a um, Filipino children's song. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I'm just doing all the hand gestures and everything. It's so the nice, dance. like a public. <laughs> Do you know Gerald? No. <laughs> okay. That's why you're dying tonight. <laughs> it's always you because you're beside me. But it's all good. Yeah, but that's, you know, yeah. fun things in life. Look, as, as we were reflecting on your journey, and, you know, you're, you're sharing these, these experiences with us, what's something that you've learned along the way that you would share to any other up-and-coming chefs or want to be inspired, inspiring chefs? Uh, I would say um, struggle and make mistakes mm. and also like um, from because the thing is like when we struggle we tend to push ourselves because we know that that is our limit mm. it's like an RPG game if you're level one at this point what would you do you would kill mon monsters you do quests mm. right 
So if you're a chef, you tend to like acquire those knowledge. You go to culinary school, you follow recipe books, you watch YouTube, you ask, you look for a mentor, really. Mm. And you want to feel like you're always hitting a wall for some time until you're not hitting that anymore. Mm. And if you're really passionate about it as well, it's like, do not just think that it's cooking. Because cooking, again, as I said a while ago, is only one part of it. Mm. You need to think of it as an ecosystem. Yeah, you need to mind that e- ecosystem, yeah. and you need to like learn those things as well to be a very good chef. Yeah. Another thing is like don't think that you, if you go to culinary school you're a chef already. Remember that everything needs to be an earning thing. You need to earn that right, and when you do get that right, you will understand why you need to earn it. Mm-hmm. Because if you just if you're just given a paper that says you're a chef, it doesn't make you. Um, feel the weight of that responsibility mm. and because it is a very big responsibility you're working in a place where you're serving food to other people you're minding the dietaries you're minding um, the food safety of it yeah so for some people it's easy you walk in you do the job but those are very big things if you mess up you will end up like the langham where they had like salmonella oh wow uh, really yeah it's fun i i worked there oh (laughs) the story of that is like i started i got accepted the day that i did my induction the story came out and the next day was my first day Uh as one of their pastry chefs (laughs) (laughs) it was very intense (laughs) i could feel the pressure yeah it was like what did I do? <laughs> Lord, kuning <laughs> um, But yeah, so I think uh, I think those are the things I want people to know. Like, uh, and also like, don't don't feel like it's the end of the world. I think I mean, yeah. coming from me, that's very rich, but um, <laughs> but it's really is like a big journey going up there. You know, it's not the easiest. It's not gonna be fast. Um, no one's going to believe in you except for yourself and you need to always remember that 100%. no one will lift you up aside from yourself and sometimes even if you ask for um, you know other people's like opinions yours matters the most yeah. and you need to also realize as well to break down your um, your opinion of yourself and see whether or not it's actually the truth of it yeah it's like when you know your truth as a person it's easy to just it automatically comes out and mm. it's just you know it's relatable you just connect yeah. the people straight away yeah. you don't have to pretend you don't have to feel like you're like an imposter i do feel like an imposter from time to time <laughs> but um it just happens along the way i think when you get to a point of like oh i'm already like this level you feel like you're not at that level mm-hmm. even though you've achieved it really yeah. but yes so masarap ang pagkain, thank you. <laughs> it's very delicious. Um, but yeah. So what's what's next for Barangay? Uh, so Barangay right now, um, we are doing some catering here and there now. Mm. I'm happy that we're actually having clients and hopefully builds more. Yeah. And we want to focus on the idea that what Filipino food is and mm. like how we can present it to other people and how we can make your dining experience like worth it again it's the part where it's worth it and we want to create more events that are has significance to our culture Mm. that will create like that effect of like oh god i'm home or at least welcome Mm. home yeah you know um and then also like welcome to other people like this is this is us we're not gonna say sorry for what our culture is we're not gonna 
whitewash our food. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna turn down the volume or our loud mouths because we think it's too much. <laughs> You're, y'all are coming into our culture. You need to understand it, and mm-hmm. you need to like take it as it is. Or yeah. like you can leave. You can go to a Thai restaurant. There's a lot of it in the city. It's beautiful, <laughs> you know, and it's fun. I think. Moving forward, I mean, there's a lot of opportunities up in there, yeah. um, for myself included, you know, um, and hopefully I could keep doing what I'm doing, mm. and I can like you know, feed other people <laughs> like this like from this. time to time, and <laughs> maybe poison someone. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I'm really, I'm, really, I'm really holding on to that poison bit. <laughs> Beautiful. So from end to finish, I'm consistent. At least, you know? Now you know. As a as a guest to your uh, podcast, I'm very consistent. That's what we want consistency. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's consistent. That's all that it's consistent. So, um, guys, um, good luck to you. Thank you. Um, you only have two minutes. <laughs> well, so we're not full time. Like, what the hell? Sorry, it was not. Mm. Um, we're just on time, actually. Yeah. Is there any other questions you want to ask Chef Red? I think the journey is, it's inspiring to, to hear, right? Like you've had so many chances to give up, but you just keep on pushing through and there's a tenacity and I guess mm-hmm. relentlessness in that as well. But, but from what I'm hearing, it's, it's the people that you've met along the way that, yeah. that has reminded you. So I think it's it's a lesson to to hold your your good people, your community close, mm-hmm. right? Because they help push you through the bad times. Mm. They do, and there's a song for that. I forgot, but I know that's like a song <laughs> that's related to like yeah. to the good times and the bad times. That's what friends are for. Good times. See, at least I, I figured out their thing. We have a song, so remember, put it in the back. Of as we're ending this, as we're doing the ending, we're just adding it to that one, you know. So I, I can really see the reels of this podcast will be just like us either laughing or being overly serious. And also, all the bits where I say poison. And then, poison. Yeah, and also just like you know what, just put it. We're playing a drinking game for the first time in our crew. Like here, anything with poison, take a shot. <laughs> just do it. I mean. Poison, poison. <laughs> poison 10,000. <laughs> so you're not just drunk, but the people who listen to this song will get drunk. <laughs> Good luck to them. I pray for their life. <laughs> it won't exist. <laughs> it won't exist. <laughs> one, one whole bottle, we're done. Yeah, we're, one bottle, we're done. And it's like, you know what? If you have wine, you're, you're even worse. <laughs> it has more to fill. <laughs> Lord, okay. <laughs> We're having way too much fun. This <laughs> 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 is not what I wanted. This is not what I wanted. What did you want from this one? I had no clue. I thought it was going to be like, you know, whatever we talk about. I mean, we did talk about whatever. We went on a tangent for a little bit, went back to reality, then went back on a tangent, then went back into it again, then went to poison. <laughs> Then poison again. So poison, 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 poison. poison. So yeah. So now I think that's the trailer. That's the trailer, basically. You have a trailer now. It's beautiful. It's poison, poison. It's poison. Wait, shouldn't that? That's not gonna be good for your reputation. <laughs> yeah, as a chef. The trailer is poison. poison. <laughs> the thing is, like, 
I don't care. <laughs> Dad, you're adults. You should know better. <laughs> That's true. Take responsibility. You take responsibility. Don't let your kids listen to this one. We say fucking shit in this one. Come on. But I mean, if you do, then as long as you tell them what's it about, you know? Yeah, true. You know, progressive parental stuff you know you don't want to keep your kids in a cage they will just say it behind your back and they say my fucking parents hate me they're all shit you don't want them saying that they can say it in front of you exactly. you're fucking shit <laughs> right but also like you know get them a beating in a filipino household it's not gonna work i don't think beings I mean, are acceptable anymore. i don't think it's acceptable anymore and remember guys the chancla is real <laughs> That thing is like a homing device. <laughs> I don't know how they aim. They will always find you. They will always find you. In the right spot. Yeah. In the right it? spot. What is the chunkla? Chunkla is like when throwing a slipper. <laughs> yeah, so uh, in the Philippines, we do the same. And it's the same as well with, I think, Latin, Latino yeah. countries. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Chunkla. So when you do something wrong, you could hear it. It's like swirling around. <laughs> you feel it like, yeah. Yeah, it's like a helicopter effect. And it hits you in the face. Yeah, you like, in the face. Ah, <laughs> My God. M- Mom, you're so good. <laughs> Can you teach me your form? <laughs> it's like a competition. <laughs> dun ba dun. <laughs> dun dun the, po- the pointing of the lipstick. Okay, so boys, any more questions? <laughs> Actually, let, we'll end with the three questions. Yeah, the three questions. So, first question. Mm. What are you grateful for? I'm grateful for um, everyone that I've met so far. I think including you guys as well. I think I know that our meeting in Mercado was kind of like those moments where it's destined to happen. Mm. I don't know why I wanted to go to Mercado in the first place. <laughs> and we were supposed to leave early. I stayed behind for a little bit, but you know. Mm. And that, I'm grateful for that one. Also, another thing I'm grateful for is like, um, my family. Because like, they're, they have been quite understanding of my trajectory as a chef, as a person as well. And they just still love me no matter what which is something that i'm grateful for what's the other two questions what have you realized oh i realized i'm really sexy <laughs> <laughs> i don't need to accept it he's <laughs> the sexiest man oh uh, exactly <laughs> but no <laughs> That's my favorite response to that question. So, uh, well, I gotta be confident somehow. <laughs> yeah, you know, if I if I'm doing like home cooking and also like doing private chef and demos, I have to look sexy enough for them to look at me. <laughs> I mean, I can just like wink all the time, you know. But I think I realized that you know, I it's common. I think it would be like a cliche. Hardships are not always bad. Mm-hmm. It's how you see them and how you accept them moving mm. forward and yeah. how you don't carry them all the time. Yeah. You don't mm. want baggages when you want to be able to fill that baggage with good stuff. Mm. You know, yeah. top, top shelf shit, you know, like yeah. probably expensive whiskey. Mm. I will go for one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, you just need to like make space for things that are worth it in your life. Because yeah. when you do that, you create this effect, you know, mm. and you just... Mm take whatever you want to take even though sometimes i don't i put in like the panic and the negativity in some of my things and it shows yeah um people will slap me back into like remove it mm. and i'll do it and then things will follow yeah i mean it's like okay mm-hmm. and i'm sexy so that's that's make that i'm sexy so remember that and final question 
What is a question you ask yourself? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> am I sexy? Am I sexy? How sexy, How sexy am I? Really? Uh, I think I always ask my myself this question. Um, where do you want to take all of this? Mm. And to me, it's like a matter of like whatever it is I do. For yeah. me, it's mostly like the Filipino barangay affecting where do I want to take it? How do I want to bring it further? Mm. And um, what will I want out of it? Yeah. And those are questions that are always like running around my head because those keep me like motivated yeah. and able to just like i still want to do this and i just want to open up my own goddamn restaurant so if you are investors hit me up <laughs> and also i'm sexy so yeah. <laughs> i'm telling you right now i can convince you to do whatever i want i'm very good at it <laughs> that's it okay so where can people find you and people, how can they support you so you can find me at this um <laughs> It's like a bar that strips everything. <laughs> my name is Adobo Soaps. That's my burlesque name. Oh, Adobo Soaps. Actually, it's a S A W U C E. Soaps. Soaps. I went on a very good like explanation with Whiskey about creating my burlesque performance. <laughs> and she's like, I approve of that one. But no, um, people can find me on like, um, Instagram and Facebook. Um, at Chef Fred for both Instagram and Facebook and that's it and Barangay as well if you need me for anything it's at fred at barangay.com.au but do not abuse it uh, <laughs> telling you right now if you're telling me nonsense I will not respond to you <laughs> I will respond but it won't be productive for you and it will poison you and it will poison you I'll send you an email being like if you open this email right now you're gonna get poisoned bitch <laughs> telling you don't mess with me I have no time in the world except for today because it was planned okay it was booked in advance <laughs> so we're gonna book the poisoning in advance mm. but there we go so, if they ask politely, then yes. If they ask politely, please if poison not, me. I will just <laughs> please, please, please poison me deliciously. I know, and I'll be just, okay, so how do you want it? <laughs> I could think of different ways. It can be skewered, it could be boiled, it you know, could be braised or baked. Mm. Just choose your just poison. Choo choose your <laughs> <laughs> exactly, so the poison thing is not an actual poison, no. it's just a method of cooking. <laughs> See? See, it's now we're changing the industry. Sexy stuff. Sexy stuff. And we're going to be Britney Spears soon. <laughs> Lord, help us. Okay. Lord, help us. Okay. Well, thank you, Chef Fred, for thank this you. beautiful dinner. Mm. That's thank so you. absolutely delicious. delicious. Mm. And so thank long. you for your time tonight on this Sunday evening. Thank you for having me. And I hope you guys enjoyed. I do talk a lot, but I, I know it. that you guys were listening, I think. <laughs> you guys can let me know in the comments down below. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, gotta, you gotta give them something, yeah, right? That's true, that's if, true. if they're not interacting with our socials, there's no point. <laughs> Liking it is not enough. <laughs> comment I, need, down below. I need your comments. <laughs> Tell me I'm sexy. <laughs> Tell me sexy guys. Exactly. Or if you just pay me twelve bucks, I'm happy. <laughs> just pay me twelve dollars. Yeah. So my um my B method. <laughs> my PayPal is. My PayPal is. Thank you so much. We hope you found value in this podcast. Always stay safe. Always get take care and always get up. Peace. Okay.